0: Good evening, Mr. Russell. This is Mission Control, God. On the stand is an envelope. In the envelope is a picture. Open the envelope. Yes, that is my beloved son, Jesus. In the envelope is also a list of commands. You must follow each command just as Jesus did, perfectly. You are to have no higher love than for me and my son. You are to forgive your enemies. In fact, you are to love your enemies. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are to love others as Jesus loved you, sacrificially. You are to love with no regard for yourself, even to the point of laying down your own life for someone else. Your mission, if you choose to accept it, is to be completed in the time I have allotted you. Good luck, Jeff. You're going to need it. This tape will self-destruct now.
1: I had to poke a little fun at the disciples this evening because, um, and I'm poking fun at myself as well, because uh, this is a little bit of a difficult subject to talk about in light of where we were last week in abiding in Christ. And I'm sure that (laughs) The disciples were a little bit confused last week, and now they're majorly confused right now because this passage, John 15, is basically the deathbed notification that Jesus has of his departure to the disciples. He's only hours away from the cross. And if you have ever been with a dying person in their deathbed, Those words are important to listen to because those are probably the most important words that person has to say. So Jesus last week had already told the disciples that he was going away. He was going to send a number of blessings to them, which I talked to you about a couple weeks ago. And that the way to the ultimate abundant life that we all seek was a dynamic relationship with Him and abiding in Him. And so we're going to look at this passage in the last part of it, 9 through 17 this evening, because it talks a lot about how we as Christians should imitate our Lord Jesus Christ. So in the upper room discord, I had there in your list of the many uh, love messages that Jesus came up with, John thirteen thirty four thirty five. 35, Jesus told them, I'm giving you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you that you also love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Now, I'm sure they thought, I am clueless how to do that because you're going away, you've been with us, you've taught us how to love, you're going away, and now who's going to teach us and who's going to you know, actually do that for us? So I'm sure they were as as confused as a Mission Impossible person would be about that request. So we look at the many other passages that the same author, John, wrote about that significantly some years later in 1 John, and he's basically laying down the same foundation that Jesus laid in John 13. We're to love our enemies, we're to lay down our lives for our brethren, we're to love one another, and we're to love God and also love one another. So how in the world do we do this? I mean, um, I came to Christ as an adult in 1980, and I tried my best to live the Christian life and I did disciplines and I worked hard at it and I did a lot of things and I tried to live the Christian life but soon found that my efforts and my uh, self-containment in those areas was just not enough to really get that thing done. So John 15 became my life passage In reality, in 2004, with my daughter when we had an accident on Lake Conroe, on a uh, jet ski, and it took 13 surgeries and 18 months later of rehabilitation to get her walking again, which she's fine today, but her leg doesn't look like it was when it was born. But during that experience, I found the way to abide in Jesus Christ. And that's what Jesus was attempting in this passage tonight with as many different ways to say love one another as he could think of in getting them to realize the concept of abiding. So in verse 9, he says, Just as the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. Remain in my love if you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and remain in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Now, as I talked about last week with Pastor Jeff, Jesus wanted them to to know him, not just know about him. Jesus was indicating he wanted an intimate relationship with them, that they were to know him. I love what John 14 had to say about this when we looked at it before. John fourteen seven says, if you had known me, you would have known my Father also, from now on, you know him and have seen him. And then John fourteen twenty through 21 says, on that day you will know that I am in the Father and you are in me and I in you. The one who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me and the one who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and will reveal myself to him. Now for us, in the New Testament age, I think it's easy for us to accept what Jesus was talking about that we would be in him, he would be in us, we would all be in the Father. But when it was face to face with Jesus, I'm sure they were confused about what he was talking about. And so that's why he goes into so many passages of the basically the same message tonight of I am in the Father I've loved you just as you have loved me, just as the Father has loved both of us, and that uh, we're going to be together. So it basically sums up in being in Christ or being in him, which ends up abiding in him, but then Jesus is going to go into a description of, of a daily abiding or a relationship abiding with him. And that's what uh, he was launching into in the first part of John chapter 15. So I love in that passage that Jesus is pointing out that the Father loves him, that if you keep my commandments, which what would be the commandments here? What would be the commandments? Well, certainly it was the first commandment was to believe in Jesus Christ as God's own Son, as the Messiah, and thus have a relationship that resulted in salvation. The second is it was given in the passage of John chapter 14 that I touched on that Jesus said many things. Jesus taught many things. And Jesus goes on to say that if you are obedient to those things that I said and taught, and you believe I'm the Messiah, basically you're abiding in me. And so that's what that passage means. 1 John 4, 7 through 9, again, the same author that we're talking about said this later. 1 John 7, I'm sorry, 1 John 4, 7 through 9. He said this about uh, that abiding. Beloved, let's love one another for love is from God and everyone who it loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, because God is love. By this, the love of God was revealed in us that God has sent his only Son into the world so that we may live through him. Does that sound a lot like the first part of chapter 15 last week? That Jesus is the true vine, he's true life, and that he wants us to abide in him so that we may live. I like also that First John two twenty four verse that I referenced there talks about being held in His grasp or in His um, in His clutch that we won't we won't be able to get uh, out of that clutch or that uh, holding that He has on us. As for you, see that what you heard from the beginning remains in you. If what you heard from the beginning remains in you, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. So each one of these passages that we're looking at just keeps clarifying this unity relationship that I talked to you about from chapter 14, that Jesus talked about going away, but he was going to send the Helper, the Holy Spirit, He was also going to uh, actively be part of that and be part of the love from the Father to us and us to the Father and Him. And so He just keeps going through this over and over of this abiding relationship that we should have with Him because of His commandments and our obedience. So from last week... Real success is impossible apart from Jesus. Pastor Jeff talked about that a little bit, about the success of the world and what the world offers. And all those things are basically plastic fruit in light of abiding in Jesus Christ. I wanted to read just that uh, one part for you again. Jesus said, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. Now, Jeff, wait a minute. I mean... You can do nothing. I mean, God has orchestrated each and every one of us very uniquely with different gifts and talents. And even unsaved people have gifts and talents that when they apply them, it results in different works. And if you look at the world, the world's definition of success is You go to school, you get a degree, you get a good job, you make lots of money, you get lots of possessions, Uh, you indulge yourself with those things, you strive for more, and what it ends up being is this kind of fruit. This kind of fruit. Now, it looks pretty good, doesn't it? It looks pretty good. But I'm going to offer Scott some of it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Take,
1: take one of those, Scott. Okay.
0: But he's not on the line. It's difficult.
1: It's difficult because it's not alive. It's not alive. It's difficult because it's good flesh that is not connected to vine Jesus. And it results in fruit that is dead, dead works. And so even, even in, the, in, the, in the realms of uh, our religious services and going to church and things like that, Jesus is saying that if you're not connected to me, you're going to bear plastic fruit that won't last. And so he's also saying that in this passage tonight, that if you're not connected to my love, there is no possible way, no possible way that you're going to be able to love others like he wants to love them, or that he's going to witness to somebody that needs the love of God. I mean, the world has definitions of love and can love to certain extents based on feelings and based on how you treat them and how they treat you and uh, all those things, but it always ends up with the plastic veneer on it. So as Jesus was talking about abiding in the vine, inviting, abiding in the true life that he told us in verse one that he was the true vine, everything that we should do should be drawing our life from vine Jesus, from vine Jesus, because that's where the life is. It's not in the things of this world or the possessions of this world or what this world defines as success. It's defined in the love that Jesus described by being grafted to vine Jesus. So if we do that, kind produces kind in your notes there. It was from John 3, 6 through 7. This is when Jesus had the discord with Nicodemus. He said, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I said this to you you must be born again. In other words, if we match a dog with a dog, we're going to get a dog. If we match a cat with a cat, we're going to get a cat. If you match flesh with flesh, you're going to get plastic fruit. But if you are abiding in the power and the life of Jesus, what you get is fruit that lasts. Fruit that's living. Fruit that is eternal. you want one of those?
0: (laughs) Those are real. They're good. good. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you,
1: Scott. So this is what abiding life looks like. Abiding life looks like this, and this is what the love of God looks like when we're abiding in the abiding life. We're to practice our position. We're to practice our position. And our purpose is to be fruity people. And I put here in my notes, not nut jobs or fruit cakes. <laughs> but we are to be joined to him in the abundant life that we get from being grafted as a branch, a wild branch actually, to vine Jesus and allowing his life to flow through you and I to produce the fruit of the spirit. When we yield that way we have three basic observations of being abiding in Jesus. First it bears the character of the tree as I said in your notes there kind versus or kind begets kind. So If you're walking in the Spirit, as the New Testament often says to do, because that's who we are, you're going to beget the character of Jesus, the character of the vine, the life of the vine, the fruit of the vine. And how often do you need that? How often does a branch need to be connected to the vine? All the time, 24 hours a day, all the time. So we need to wake up in the morning and say, Lord Jesus, thank you for another day. I'm so happy that I am your child. I'm connected to you. I'm grafted to you. Use me today to live your life through me. Produce the fruit you want produced in me. And then we leave it to his power to do that job. Our process is abiding. The process is abiding, walking as Jesus walked. That First John 2, 6 verse says this, the one who says that he remains in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Remember Ephesians 5, 1 says that we're to imitate our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The only way to imitate him is to be grafted to the vine. So I can't do that, and you can't do that either. In verse 10, he says, if you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in His love. This theme over and over keeps coming up, that if we're obedient and we're seeking His will and we're seeking what we know pleases Lord Jesus and we're grafted to the vine asking for his power and life to produce that in our lives, he certainly is going to do that. That 1 John 3, 24 verse says, this is his commandments that we believe in the name of the Son of Jesus Christ and love one another just as he commanded us The one who keeps his commandments remains in him and he in me. We know by this that he remains in us by the spirit whom he has given us. Remember in chapter 14, he talked about the helper, the helper of the Holy Spirit. How do you know that you have this abiding? Because you have the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, confirms and affirms to you that you are his child. And the Holy Spirit teaches you all that he said, all that he taught, and all that pleases the Lord. That's how we know. But it gets better than that. When we're grafted to the vine, we're grafted to his power, his life, and the love of the Father himself, which produces fruit produces real fruit that is eternal not plastic as we go farther in this passage I just wanted to point out to you again from Galatians 2.22 the fruit of the spirit starts off with love starts off with love and that's what Jesus has been talking about this whole time. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How do we do that? Through the vine. The vine does that. Not you as a branch. The vine does that. So how do we love? Well... Verse 12 says this should all make sense now. If we're grafted to Vine Jesus, we have his life, we have his power, we have the love of the Father. And if we're obedient to that and we're striving to make out and keep the Father's will, verse 12 said, this is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. How did Jesus love you? Sacrificially, sacrificially. Pretty big sacrifice. Greater love has no one than this, that a person will lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Again, abide in the vine. Believe who I am. Believe who I said I was. Believe I am the savior of the world, the creator of all the universe. And abide in me. True life in the vine. Doing all I said to you, seeking the Father's will, grafted as a wild branch into the vine, and abiding in the vine itself, producing fruit that lasts. Verse 15, no longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, because all things that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. That wild branch illustration comes from Romans 11, where it talks about the nation of Israel. And some were in, some weren't, but they were wild branches grafted in divine Jesus. And certainly the Gentiles could be classified in that in that same vein, that we were grafted in to vine Jesus so that we would know true life as well as the power of producing true eternal fruit. So what does this result in? We know the master. If you're abiding in Christ and you're abiding in the vine, we know the master. We not only know the master, we know Abba, Father, Daddy, the one who loves us more than we probably love ourselves, and he's proven it by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We know the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I love that first or that verse from 2nd Peter chapter 1. 2nd Peter chapter 1 and verse 3 says that his divine power the divine power of Abba Father his divine power has given us everything everything to life and godliness. We lack nothing, folks. So we can't use the excuse well, I just don't know enough of my Bible. I don't I don't pray enough. I don't I don't submit enough. No, we have been given everything for life and godliness. We just need to be good branches grafted to the vine, and he will live the life through us. We know his his and our purpose. We know his and our purpose. Remember the purpose that God had for us in the Garden of Eden. It was perfect. And then we messed that up. But if we're grafted to the vine, His glory and our ultimate good is always His purpose for us, even in the circumstances of life where we have trials and tribulations. Pastor's favorite verse is Ephesians 2.10, where His workmanship for good works that were prepared for us before the foundation of the world. Doesn't that blow your mind? That your works and your fruit that you will produce being grafted to vine Jesus this week and next and throughout this year was ordained for you by him before the foundation of the world. That is something. That is something. But you have to be grafted to the vine. And then we know true life, grafted to the true vine. Zoe life. I talked about this last time we talked about chapter 14. We all come up or show up here with bios life. We all have biological life. We show up here with breathing and, and senses and, and functions and other things, but we have bios life, but we don't have zoe life, the life that Adam and Eve had before the fall in the Garden of Eden. But that is in the vine, in the vine, in vine Jesus. If we're grafted to the vine, we can experience what Jesus called abundant life and zoe life, because he is the life, the way, and the truth. And then I put in that verse 14, 26 verse for you again this week because the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Why is this important? Because it centers on our mind, will, and emotions. And if you recall when we studied chapter 14, I revealed to you that our mind, will, and emotions is somewhat neutral. It takes, it takes a reflection or direction from where we point it. So we can point it at the world, and your mind, will, and emotions will pick up the world stuff, and your emotions will be all over the place. You'll feel anxious, afraid, all those things that the world offers— Or we can turn to who we're grafted to in Vine Jesus, the true life, to the true spirit, to the true redeemed person we are in Jesus Christ because we are new creations, and we'll reflect him, as I talked about in Ephesians 5.1. We'll imitate him because we're setting our mind, we're orchestrating our thoughts on who we are in him in vine jesus and he will make that complete in us through the holy spirit so i put there it begins in your mind be transformed in our thinking it all all things start in our in our thoughts and if we're allowing the holy spirit to counsel us and confirm us that we are grafted to the vine, he will transform your mind and you won't be conformed to the world. Romans 12, 2 says that. Ephesians 4 says to put off the old nature, put on your new nature that was created in him and is grafted to the vine. 1 Corinthians 2 there says that we have the mind of Christ. We just have a choice of whether we align with that or not. So this last verse 16 is for our Calvin friends. No, not really. <laughs> it says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit. And that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give to you. And then just one more time. You can't let it go. This I command you, that you love one another. So how do we do this? We are grafted to the Father himself and to the Son himself. In vine Jesus. We have his power. We have his love. We have all things for life and godliness. We keep his commands by doing the same thing Jesus did, seeking the will of the Father. We have the New Testament that gives us ample instructions of what pleases our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ if you turn your mind and transform your thinking that I want to please my Father all the time, Lord, please, as I'm grafted to the vine, orchestrate the thought in me which results in the will in me in doing your will and producing lasting fruit, eternal fruit. bearing the fruit that lasts forever and that one day you'll stand before him and give an account of the fruit of your life. It won't be for judgment of salvation or anything like that, but it will be, what did you do with the gifts and talents I gave you? And did you abide in me so I could live my life through you as you to produce the fruit that Ephesians 2.10 talks about that I orchestrated for you before the foundation of the world. And then as simple as the last command there, I command you that you love one another. You love one another. You can love one another just the way that Jesus did. If you're grafted to him, if you're not grafted to him or you're not abiding in him, it's a pretty tall order to pull off with our own flesh. But if we're abiding in the divine, and Jesus is orchestrating our steps, we will love one another with a love that is noticed by the world. It's not their love. It's a love that does not come from this place. Now, just one last thought tonight I want to give you, because We often think of abiding in Jesus in the good times, which is what most of this passage talks about. But there's the other side of it, that the fruit often comes through the mask of trials and tribulations. And I just shared with you the fruit that came to my life from the experience on Lake Conroe. I don't think that would have ever had the effect that it did had it not happened exactly as it did. And I'm so glad it did. But I don't want to ever repeat that. But trials and tribulations have a way of sorting through, as we started out the chapter 15 chapter, of pruning and lifting up branches that need lifted up so that we can bear more fruit. I love what James says about this. This hopefully will make a little bit more sense tonight since we've looked at this passage in chapter 15. James says this... Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials. You see why he can say that? He's grafted to Jesus. He's grafted to the vine, the true vine. Consider it all joy. The joy comes from that fruit of the Spirit, not from the circumstance because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete and lacking in nothing. It goes along with the Ephesians verse that we're to be filled up with the love of God. That's only gonna happen by being grafted to the vine. He says, blessed is the one who endures trials because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Now, one of the commentaries says this about the crown of life. I loved it. The crown of life is kingdom victory in history as a result of passing a test. Isn't that great? Isn't that good stuff. Everyone is looking for a blessing. Unfortunately, what they are looking for is a new car, a house, a mate, a job, a raise. A true blessing, however, is a God-given capacity to experience, enjoy, and extend His goodness in life. Regardless of whether God's blessings include external components. They are intended to bring about internal change so that our lives display His kingdom relationship and rule. I love that. The crown of life. So whether it's good circumstances this week or a trial and tribulation, stay connected to the vine. Amen? Amen. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you that you are a living Lord. Father, you're just not someone in history or a subject that we can know about, but Father, we can know you. We can know your mind. We can know your love. And Father, you have told us in this passage that that is your desire. Your desire is to be our very life, to live your life through us as us, that we would produce long-lasting fruit that gives you glory and honor forever and ever and ever. Lord, make us mindful of that this week. Take away our, our silly idols that we have and the waste of time that we have. And Father, just let us focus on being a good branch grafted to you, bearing much more and fruitful fruit this week that will last for eternity. And we pray that uh, you would use us and our church as a witness to your great love in the coming days for this community. And we pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.